Well, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another episode of the Wilson Weekly with Dr. Andrew Wilson. And we're one week out from Christmas into the silly season. And uh, it's good to have you again, Doc, for another episode. How are you? Yeah, great to be here. Uh, I believe Graham's um, already gone into holiday mode in a way. So uh, good luck with that, although he's always working. But, um, you know, great to have the uh, the usual top-level replacement here. And uh, uh, it's all good. And you're right, it is a silly season. One week till Christmas, can you believe? Um, but we've had a lot of data come out in the last week. So we've got lots to discuss. and. Uh, um, we're also going to later on, uh, as a as a real extra privilege for uh, for the viewers, we're going to have the year that was. So look out for that one coming up as well. Um, but now this is the week that was, and that's last week, and we've had some interesting data. So uh, coming out, some very interesting data. We've also had some policies come out last week, which is interesting in relation to the housing market. So uh, we'll have a bit of a chat about that. But um, I guess uh, it's a good time to start, don't you think? So Fantastic, uh, Doc. we'll uh, we'll get the slides up and um, we'll uh, we'll rock and roll. So my housing market is uh, is what's providing all the data, and I'm chief economist for my housing market. and I'm going to provide the commentary. So uh, it is the last week of the year. Uh, we've just concluded. Certainly the last auction week, uh, which was a busy weekend. We'll look at the results again. Markets held up remarkably well over December, uh, given how strong the year has been. Um, but uh, I think we've set the stage for a pretty good start to next year, and I'm not sure we're going to have all the negatives that we had, at least in terms of sentiment, at the beginning of 2024 um, because I don't think we're going to have the sort of interest rate increases early days anyway that we had this year, and um, maybe things are looking a little bit better also, and that means you know, things are looking a bit better in terms of inflation. So let's have a look at what happened last week. We got the latest labour market data, still booming that labour market. It's a real cliche, how strong. But, you know, it's interesting that the the unemployment rate actually increased to the highest level for a while. So, But before you start, you know, wringing your hands and saying doom and gloom, that 3.9% is actually a really good result given the context of the data that came through. We had another amazing month for jobs growth. 61,000 new jobs were created um, over November. Um, so you think, well, gee, 61,000 jobs created. How can we have a higher unemployment rate? And also we had the number of unemployed was higher again. That increased by nearly 20,000, 19,000. So how can this happen? How can we have a higher unemployment rate and yet we're creating these jobs? The reason is because we're getting this massive surge in our workforce. Um, we're going to look at the latest migration data shortly. All these migrants that we're bringing in now obviously are looking for work. So what that's done is it's just expanded our workforce to record levels. So we've got so many people now that have joined the workforce that it's, you know, we can't create the jobs, enough jobs for all of them. Even though we're creating so many jobs, we actually can't create enough to cater for this record growth in the migration that we have. And just a sign of that uh, growth, what it's doing to the workforce, is that the participation rate, and, and that measures the proportion of people in work who are potentially capable of working, right? So that's up to 
up 2.2% to another high, record high of 67.2%. So that the, the position is this, all these people are coming into Australia, record numbers. They're creating the biggest workforce we've ever had, potential workforce we've ever had. And even though we're finding 61,000 jobs, uh, which is a, a big number, we still can't find enough for all these people that are coming in, right? Uh, you know, and that's why we've got a higher unemployment rate because of all the, the surge in employment. So it's actually a good number, you know, because if you could imagine if you couldn't find the work, obviously our unemployment number would be high, but we still created 61,000 jobs over the month. So it's a, it's a very good result. Yes, the unemployment rate is higher, but this has nothing to do in a sense with uh, higher interest rates. Well, maybe that's strange, but to, to be able to cater for all these migrants, and we'll look at the latest data shortly, w- would be just extraordinary. And uh, when we talk about migration, we will also talk about the concerns that the government has uh, about the level of migration. They're actually going to start cutting down on migration. Uh, not that they don't want all these extra workers, but obviously, you know, there are now concerns that we can't provide the infrastructure, particularly housing, for all these uh, migrants that are coming in. So the labour market is still strong. You can see it's just really trundled along the bottom there. Uh, three, nine, yeah, it's the highest for a while, but still in the threes. And these are the lowest numbers we've seen since the early 70s, and that was a completely different Australia then. This is still a very strong economy, and we're absorbing you know, tens, hundreds of thousands of new people coming into this country. And we're still, we've still got this very, very low unemployment rate. And we've had all these interest rate increases over the last 18 months. Uh, also, data out last week showed the price of oil is continuing to fall. Now, now this is a good news story. Uh, when we look at inflation, um, which has been easing, it, it's interesting to see that the inflation rate is actually tracking the price of oil. So as the price of oil falls, it's sort of, well, has it really got anything to do with interest rates? Well, yes, sort of, but really it's about the price of oil. And you can see from the middle of the year, uh, the price of oil has, has fallen. In fact, some of the daily results are now under $70 US a barrel, which is around about half of what it was last year during its peak. It's still a long way ahead of where it was prior to COVID when we were typically seeing you know, $40 uh, US a barrel. Uh, oil prices now it's you know it's still higher, but look, it's way below where it was at its peak when we had peak inflation, and it's trending clearly downwards, even with those Middle East uh, conflicts that are happening, which were supposed to you know push prop oil through the roof again. In fact, it's gone the other way. So fingers crossed, we continue to see the price of oil fall because if we do, we will continue to see inflation fall. Although the impact of lower oil prices uh, going forward now won't have the same impact on inflation as it has over the last six months, but it still will have a positive impact. So I thought I'd put that one up there just to show how um, uh, uh, that's a better. And, and, of course, everybody out there realises this because they, they've seen a big fall in the price of petrol at the Bowser. Probably could be a little bit lower, really, but mm, that's another story. Uh, but it's certainly not at that $2.50 level that some of the capital cities were paying for petrol not that long ago. Uh, so migration. So the remarkable rebound continues on migration. This is the latest data from the ABS. It's for the June uh, quarter, the year to the June quarter. So it's the financial year ending June 2023, 
right? And you can see that big rebound continues. Um, we have uh, uh, Victoria on top there. This is net migration. Uh, the big number there, 150,000 plus net migrants into Victoria. New South Wales there, a second, 140,000. Queensland still very strong, 116,000. So this is the story of why we're seeing this exploding workforce because we're seeing this explode. And by exploding, I mean in volume, you know, higher numbers because we're seeing this incredible surge in migration. Um, and, of course, that means demand for jobs but also it means demand for housing. Um, so if we look at where the job, where the migrants are going, so these are overseas migrants, so these are uh, net overseas migrants. They're heading to New South Wales. That has the uh, the highest level of net overseas migration, uh, followed by Victoria. Um, and that's sort of one of the reasons why we're seeing strong growth in that Sydney housing market because a lot of expats have moved back into uh, into Sydney. And you can see there, typically it's Victoria that has the highest annual uh, net um, interna international overseas migration, but New South Wales has taken the top position with the recent data. Uh, and when we look at the interstate migration, um, we can see there that, uh, and this should be, sorry, wrong slide, forget that slide, this is the real slide. Uh, this is shows still Queensland miles ahead of everybody. Uh, a lot of that is um, uh, the hangover from the COVID exodus that we saw out of New South Wales and Victoria as a result of lockdowns, severe lockdowns. We saw we saw a surge in in uh, in those leaving Melbourne and Sydney, particularly Melbourne, into southeast Queensland, trying to escape lockdowns. Uh, it created uh, significant growth in rents and prices in uh, those southeast Queensland markets. Um, but now we're starting to see it just rebalancing now, still strong into, into Queensland, but it's only just now in the negatives in Victoria. So that shows that that surge out of Victoria is now easing, but still strong um, going into Queensland. And basically it's those leaving New South Wales now that are heading into Queensland, right? Um, so still strong for Queensland, which of course augurs well for the Brisbane, Gold Coast, particularly housing markets as people uh, enter those markets looking for somewhere to live um, and uh, and that's continuing to put up with pressure on prices and rents. So that's the big news. Now, just before we go to the auction market, uh, I just want to mention there's been a couple of policy announcements by the government last week, the first one in relation to migration. Now, they're going to, because they're worried that obviously part of the issues we have with high rents, uh, and I'll just go back to the, the headline slide, with all that, all those migrations, all those migrants rushing into Australia, um, they're worried that we won't be able to find houses for them, which we can't do really, uh, because we're seeing rents go through the roof and higher prices. I'm not sure there's a, uh, at the moment, a real significant straight line effect between these high levels of migrants and higher rents and prices. But nonetheless, the government's got an election coming up. Pretty soon, uh, it's now moving into, I guess, election concern mode. It's worried that uh, along with other countries uh, like in Western Europe particularly that there are going to be political ramifications because people aren't happy about high rents, aren't happy that, you know, it's difficult to find a house, affordable housing is a problem. So what they're doing is they're going to reduce migration. Yes, reduce migration. But what they're doing 
is they're going to reduce temporary migration. Now, that is students because when we break down the, the surge in migration, we can see there that most of it has been, we can't see there, but uh, most of it has been through temporary migrants, right, and that's students particularly. Now, the reason for that, and they're, they're going to make that tougher for students to come in, it's not because it's like a record surge, which it is, it's because we're not seeing migrant, we're not seeing students leaving Australia because none of them have come in for years. So none of them have finished their degrees and gone back home, right? So what we're getting is all the positives and no negatives. Now, over a year or two, when those students that have come in now finish their degrees and go back home, we'll start to see net migrations falling, right? Because it won't be all positive. So it's not really because we're seeing a huge amount of numbers. We're seeing sort of the normal amount of numbers. It's just that we're not seeing people leaving. Students aren't leaving because they haven't been here for years, right? So anyway, in the, but the government's only obviously worried about the short term, and that's all these you know positive numbers that we've got because nobody's leaving, uh, no students are leaving. So they're going to cut back significantly on the temporary migrants and uh, try to ease demand. But, you know, the, the point is we would be seeing a real surge, even though we have very tight rental markets in inner-city apartment markets in Melbourne and Sydney, we're not really seeing a surge in rents or even lower vacancy rates there as a result of students. So there's real no direct correlation now, but obviously the government's wanting to do everything it can to reduce demand for accommodation because we just don't we just don't have a, enough demand. Now, uh, along those lines, and we'll just sort of, I'll finish off with this before we go into the auctions, which another policy announced last week. So they're reducing demand, right, because we're undersupplied, and now they're going to try to increase supply. So how are they going to do that? Well, the latest plan from the federal government is that they're going to increase the levy on international developers. So if you're an international developer, you're going to have to pay a levy, a higher levy, to operate in Australia. So, well, you know, okay, so you're going to have to pay more if you want to do a development in Australia, if you're an international. Uh, and the money that they get from that, they are going to give to local developers to do build-to-rent developments, right? So to me, this sort of sounds a bit like uh, shuffling the deck chairs on the Titanic to some degree because you're going to make it harder for international developers to develop to try to get more local development. So you're going to notionally, because international developers might say, oh, it's too hard, I'm not doing it. Uh, so you might get less supply from international developers to get more supply from local developers. So where's the net gain? But the big difference is this, that those international developers will be acting on market forces. So they'll do their developments according to what they perceive to be where the demand is for, you know, apartment developments particularly. Uh, whereas the build to rent, they're going to have to do it according to, if we know previous trends, the, the guidelines of the government, which is to build affordable rental accommodation, whatever that is, right, uh, which means it will target typically particular groups, demographics, like uh, mid-level mid professionals, as an example, police nurses, these sort of things, um, which means it's a market-manipulating activity. Uh, and these things are, are fraught with danger because they don't necessarily create the energy or the accommodation where people want to live. It's sort of an artificial environment. So that's my two bobs worth on the latest government policies. 
obviously reducing uh, migration and then trying to increase supply. But even the, if these build-to-rent proposals work, we're only talking, you know, tens of thousands at most new properties uh, that will come in years because it'll take them years to get these things ready to go um, where we need hundreds of thousands, maybe even millions of properties. I don't know why they don't start to offer some sort of incentives to private uh, small-scale investors to get them back into uh, providing rental properties or to get more of those uh, because they're prepared to take the risk um, and that's basically what supports our rental market anyway, private sector investors. But all these government policies are just shape-shifting around you know, particular ideologies that they think the rental market should look like and they've been doing that for some time now, and look at the mess our rental markets are in. So my two bobs worth. So let's have a look at how the year ended up in terms of the auction markets. It was the last weekend, this weekend or last weekend, for auction market activity. Uh, despite and, and we got some uh, pretty reasonable clearance rates, despite it being the last day, despite only being a week to Christmas, um, and despite... Again, a big day in listings. So uh, positive results to end the year. Um, and when we resume in about six or eight weeks' time, I think uh, we'll, we'll have some solid momentum from the end of year results to set up the beginning of 2024, which will likely be last week in January, first week in February, before we get <clears throat> reasonable numbers of auctions coming through. So let's have a look at the results. Uh, big numbers in Sydney, 648 auctions to end the year. Uh, clearance rate was just about the same as the weekend before. Good results there. Um, and clearance rate was higher than the same weekend last year, the same final weekend last year. And listings were also pretty, it was significantly higher than the same weekend last year. Another big weekend in Melbourne, over a thousand auctions in Melbourne. Uh, clearance rate was actually higher in Melbourne than the previous weekend. Uh, 64.7%, again, tracking higher than the same weekend last year for both clearance rates and numbers. Uh, Brisbane clearance rates down a little bit again. Brisbane tends to be volatile, as we seem to explain every weekend because, or every week, uh, because it um, has a bit of a different auction culture up there. But nonetheless, 90 auctions uh, and clearance rates down on the same weekend uh, last year, but numbers were up. Adelaide's really worked its way below that 80% benchmark, which was very typical of Adelaide for most of this year, 69% clearance rate, um, a little higher than the weekend before, and auction numbers, similar uh, auction numbers to the weekend before. And Canberra, auction numbers a little lower also, and a similar clearance rate, but lower than where it was a year ago. So that's how uh, our final weekend ended up. Pretty reasonable results, I think, for the last weekend, and considering we had a really big number of uh, of uh, listings, auction listings to finish the year. Uh, and that's the trend for the year for our auction market. Sydney just eased over spring. But when we when we look at the actual numbers of sales that have been occurring, they've been skyrocketing. So even though uh, clearance rates have been lower, listings have been way higher. So the number of sales has actually increased substantially. So there's plenty of turnover happening in Sydney. Same with Melbourne, plenty of turnover with, from big listings. Even though clearance rates are lower, plenty of sales happening in Melbourne, Brisbane, it has it has really weakened over the last um, uh, over the last month. But we don't read too much into that because prices are still rising in Brisbane, and we'll have a look at all that latest data, all the years data 
in our uh, year in review podcast. Uh, so look out for that one. Uh, Adelaide, as I mentioned, below that 80% benchmark, uh, it's been. So Adelaide's moved through that extraordinary boom mode. And Canberra just picked up a bit. And I think Canberra's a bit of a special for next year. I think it's uh, sort of underperformed through 2023. And I think it's set for a, a bit of a bounce back next year. So you can look for those auction clearance rates on my LinkedIn account next year. Don't look next week because I'm in Christmas mode uh, and there are no results anyway, so whatever. Um, but, um, yeah, look out for those uh, results every Saturday night around 6.30 for the Capital City clearance rates uh, on my LinkedIn account and every Sunday I send out the uh, the national report, which includes uh, the, capital, the um, regional breakdowns for Melbourne and Sydney. As we always finish off here, get hold of the Infinity My Housing Market app. Uh, with that uh, QR code, we'll take you a link to the app, which gives you the asking prices and rents for every suburb in Australia, which has asking price in rents and in real time. It's updated daily. Um, and uh, here's a screenshot of what you can see. You can select uh, a suburb. You can select from the regional, either the region or the capital city region, select the suburb. You can select the type of uh, property, so you can filter it for property type, uh, which is house, townhouse, or unit, and you can also filter for the number of bedrooms, and it will give you the uh, high price or rent, the median high price or rent, or the low price and rent, and it will give you the number of listings or the number of properties for rent in that particular suburb. Now, we've used Blacktown there as our example, and you can see the data. So get hold of that app. It's a great little app. We're going to update it next year with some even more interesting data, particularly for investors. But you have to go through Infinity to get that, um, and that will require you to chat with the Infinity people to get hold of that fantastic uh, resource uh, for those that are interested in what's really happening in real time in in suburban uh, housing market. So that's my bit for the final podcast, weekly podcast for the year. It's been great. Uh, we've had a great run lots of information. We've kept the market up to date. We've had strong opinions. Uh, and I think we've been pretty much on the money so far. Well, all the time. So uh, look forward to next year again, where we'll be at it and look forward to a, uh, an even better app that uh, will be available through Infinity. So I'm going to say, see you later. And I'm going to say to everybody also, please look out for our year in review. Uh, podcast, which uh, will give you all the results for 2024, and that will be coming up through uh, through Infinity and our various outputs soon. So, good day, everybody. See you later. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and uh, good luck with all your property decisions in 2024. Although, seriously, you don't need a lot of luck in the Australian property market, do you? Thanks again, guys. We'll talk to you soon. Bye.